the words veteran and homeless should never go together. Michelle Garcia served in Iraq and Afghanistan. Richard Stokely took the skills he learned in Vietnam and put them to use as a paramedic. But when they left the service, these veterans had problems with homelessness. Homelessness is the worst thing for anybody to be involved in. If you're a veteran in need or you know a veteran who is homeless or at risk of being homeless, call toll-free 877-424-3838 or visit va.gov homeless. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of This Week at VA. I'm your host, Timothy Lawson. First, if you have not seen the newest edition of The American Veteran, I highly suggest you check it out. It is a video compilation of sorts. There's a handful of stories from our veteran community featured there. You can find it at blogs.va.gov. Simply click on the American Veteran category. There will not be a featured interview today, but rather featured audio. As many of you know, Secretary Shulkin announced that VA will be moving to a different electronic health record system. VA is going to adopt the same EHR service as the Department of Defense. This is a big announcement as it will make the transition from active duty to veteran status more seamless for the veteran as it pertains to their health care. I wanted to include this audio in today's show, so rather than filling up the episode with multiple segments in an interview, I decided to roll with Secretary Shulkin's White House press briefing from Monday. You can watch his initial press conference that he held here at VA Central Office before the White House press briefing at our blog, blogs.va.gov. The following audio is the Secretary's remarks regarding the announcement, followed by questions from the media. Enjoy. Thanks, Secretary Shogun. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. And I'm glad to be here today. As Sarah said earlier today, I made an announcement about the Department of Veteran Affairs decision on an electronic health record. And normally, that's not too exciting a, a decision about a product. But I have to tell you, I'm very excited about this because I think this is going to make a big difference for veterans everywhere. And it's going to make a big difference for the Department of Veteran Affairs. I wanted to say from the outset that when the president selected me to be secretary, uh, he made clear to me that he expected us to act with faster decisions, to act like a business, and to really make sure that we are doing the right thing to change veterans' health care, and that's exactly what we're trying to do today. I had told you when I was here last week I was going to make a decision by July 1st, and I want to let you know that uh, we're coming back early and that I'm honoring that commitment. And so having a electronic health record that can follow a uh, veteran during the course of his health and treatment is one of the most important things I believe you can do to ensure the safety and the health and well-being of a veteran. So that's why this is so important. I told Congress recently that I was committed that VA would get out of the software development business, that I did not see a compelling reason why being in the software development business was good for veterans. And because of that, I made a decision to move away from our internal product to an off-the-shelf commercial product. As uh, you may know, almost all of our veterans get to us from one place, and that's the Department of Defense. And when I went back and looked at this issue very carefully since becoming secretary, um, I was able to trace back at least 17 years of congressional calls and commission reports 
requesting that the VA not only modernize its system, but work closer with the Department of Defense. So that went all the way back to 2000. But actually, to this date, the Department of Defense and the Department of Veteran Affairs have gone separate ways. We each have separate systems and each are supporting separate electronic systems. And while we've been able to advance interoperability at the cost of hundreds of millions of dollars to the taxpayers, Today, we still have separate systems that do not allow for the seamless transfer of information. And I just want to expand on that a little bit, being a doctor. What we were able to do with the Department of Defense over years and years, and as I said, hundreds of millions of dollars, we're able to read each other's records right now. That's called interoperability, or at least we, uh, that's our certification. But what you're not able to do is actually work together to plan a treatment to be able to go back and forth between the Department of Defense and VA. And so we've not been able to obtain that to this point. And so for those reasons, I decided that VA will adopt the same electronic health record as the Department of Defense. So we will now have a single system. That system is known as the MHS Genesis system, which at its core is Cerner Millennium. The adoption of the same system between VA and DOD is going to allow all patient data to reside in a common system. So you will have this seamless link between the departments without the manual or electronic exchange of information. So as secretary, I think I'm not willing to put this decision off any longer. I think 17 years has been too long. When DOD went through its decision on electronic medical records and its acquisition process in 2014, it took them approximately 26 months to do this. And I will tell you, in government terms, that's actually a pretty efficient process. I don't think we can wait that long when it comes to the health of our veterans. And so under my authority as the Secretary of VA, I am acting to essentially do a direct um, acquisition of the EHR currently being deployed by the Department of Defense that will be across the entire VA enterprise that's going to allow the seamless health care for veterans and the qualified beneficiaries. Once again, because of the health of our veterans, I've decided that we're going to go directly into the DOD process for the next generation uh, electronic health record. Let me just tell you, this is the start of the process. VA has unique needs that are different than the Department of Defense's. And for that reason, VA, while it's adopting an identical EHR to DOD, needs additional capabilities to maximize interoperability with our community providers. As you know, one third of our healthcare goes outside the VA into the community. And this is critical that we can have the same interoperability with our community providers. We're going to have our VA clinicians who are very involved in how we develop this system and how we implement it. Because in many ways, the Department of Veteran Affairs is actually well ahead of the Department of Defense in clinical IT innovation. And we're not going to discard all the things that we've done in the past. And in fact, that's how we're going to help DOD get better. So this is a system that's going to strengthen care for veterans and our active service members. We're going to be embarking upon something that's never been done before. That is an integrated product using the DOD platform, but it's going to require this integration with other vendors to create a system for veterans so that they can get care both in the community as well as the Department of Defense. That's going to take the active cooperation of many companies and thought leaders, 
and it will serve as a model not only for the federal government of federal agencies working together but for all of healthcare that is trying to seek this type of interoperability. Once again, I want to thank the President for his incredible commitment to helping our veterans and support the VA. And I also want to thank the Department of Defense who have been incredibly helpful in this process and the American Office of Innovation who has been incredibly helpful in helping us think differently about how to solve problems. This mission is too important for us not to get right and I assure you we will and I'd be glad to take any questions. Two questions. One, how long will this take? You said it's the beginning process. And then two, how will a veteran know and feel and experience a difference because of this decision? Yeah. Uh, great, great question. So this is the beginning of the process where we're going to start essentially entering into the details of how we would implement a contract. We expect that process again, trying to do this as quickly as possible, will be about three to six months at the latest. And during that time, we're going to be developing both the implementation plans and the cost of this system so that we can go out and make sure that we're doing this right and that we have the resources available to do it. Secondly, to a veteran, they're now going to be able to have a single system from the time that they enlist in the military until potentially they die, one single lifetime record. And so there will never be a need to be able to go back and forth and say, records aren't there for me, or my doctor isn't able to have input into what the Department of Defense is doing, and our community partners need that same type of interoperability. How will that change things for people in the system now? Well, as you know, my top clinical priority is to reduce veteran suicide. One of the areas that we've identified is a gap in the transition when you leave the military and all of a sudden you no longer have that structure that you were used to and what happens to you before you get enrolled into either VA healthcare or community healthcare. That no longer is going to happen. We're going to have a seamless ability to make sure that information's there. So to a veteran who's experiencing emotional disorders, uh, when they reach out for help, it's going to be easier to get them help. For other people who have physical problems, that same information is going to be there so you can develop a coordinated care plan. Yes, sir. Secretary, you're waiving uh, competitive bidding for this. Do you have a, a ballpark estimate of how much it's going to cost, and is that factored into your current budget? We have not begun the cost negotiations. We know the Department of Defense had a $4.3 billion contract. VA is a bigger organization, but we have not begun those negotiations. Part of the reason why I have waived that process is because I absolutely believe, and I've spent a lot of time reviewing the materials. It is in the public interest to move quickly. And I also believe we can do this cheaper for the taxpayers by essentially moving forward quickly without a lengthy process. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. Secretary. You were uh, part of the last administration. In fact, you were deputy VA secretary. Is there a particular reason why this process, which you're announcing today, did not take place during the Obama administration? Did you drop the ball in the Obama administration? If you could explain a little bit about yeah. that. Um, this, is, this is one of those problems that I talked about last week with all of you that I think spans administrations and has been going on for decades. I can count no fewer than seven blue ribbon commissions that have recommended that we move in a direction like this. The Commission on Care, which was a $68 million study, came out with this recommendation. And so I think people have felt that this was a direction that they should be moving in. I will tell you, it is hard to make decisions. There's a lot of built-in movement to keep things the way that they are. 
So while in the last administration we considered this and we looked at a number of things, I think that it really was this administration and the president's mandate to do business differently that allowed us to move forward with this type of speed. Yes, sir. For the contracting period, when, at what point in the future, how many months or years, when veterans will be transitioning? How will the, will the records seamlessly transfer to VA? When, 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 well, when is the kick in? And then the second question will be, who at the White House was involved in this process? We know this is a yeah. priority of the OAI. Yeah. So two questions. One is about the timing. When does a veteran actually begin to experience this? Um, that is what we're going to be determining the timeline during this three to six month period when we rolled out. I do believe, and everything that I'm doing is trying to act with speed, that working with the Department of Defense and already using their planning materials and their change management tools, we will be able to do this much faster than if we had begun it alone. So the Department of Defense uh, you know, has taken a period of time before they've implemented their first system in the Fairchild Air Force Base, which has been successful. Uh, but I think we will be able to do ours even faster than they did. Thanks again to Secretary Mattis and the Department of Defense. They have actually detailed over to us some of their key executives who have worked on their project. They now are at VA and they're helping us actually begin this. So we have institutional knowledge from them that's considerable. Your second question had to do with who at the White House has been working with us. I will tell you that in this decision, I not only reviewed large numbers of reports, independent management reports that we had, consultants who would come in to help us, but I've consulted with all of the stakeholders that I could. Hospital CIOs, hospital CEOs, members of Congress, and people at the White House to be able to talk to all the stakeholders to make this decision. At the White House, of course, we've talked with the, with the President's office, but also working closely with the American Office of Innovation. And all of those are stakeholders that contributed to my thinking. Yes, please. Sir, um, during the Bush years, there was a problem with computers when it came to Medicaid and Medicare. During the Obama years, we knew about ACA. What are the guarantees when you try to bring all, integrate all the information from all the services into this one system? What are the guarantees? Yeah, no guarantees. High risk process, particularly when you're doing this in the largest integrated health system in the country. And so this is high risk. It's one of the reasons I made this decision. I think by going with the Department of Defense system, we are lowering our risk because we have a federal partner who's already gone through this process, and that's why we're taking their expertise and putting it into VA. And again, with Secretary Mattis's commitment to work with us closely, I think we're lowering the risk. But as a private sector CEO, I've done this several times successfully but uh, I've never done it on this scale, and so the risks are there, but we're gonna make sure that we do this the right way. Um, what happens to those older veterans who have problems? I mean, you're doing this now, trying to integrate now, but what happens to those uh, who have been in the system for a long time? How, where do they come in, and how long will this take to help them get into the system? Well, this is a problem that, that many healthcare organizations that have transitioned to other uh, electronic health records have found you do not discard your old information. That would be clinically irresponsible. So you have to have a way of making sure that the old information is there, transitions into a new system, or remains available for clinicians to have. So that's a problem that I think that we're going to be pretty good at handling. Is yes, that sir. A cost-benefit analysis. Can you share that with us? Yeah, some of our management uh, consultants who have looked at this issue of 
off the shelf versus staying with with maintenance uh, have helped us look at the cost benefit decision that was part of my thinking uh, this is a uh, essentially the most cost effective way to go to a commercial off the shelf system the problem with what VA has been doing we have a 4.1 million a 4.1 billion dollar budget in IT 70% is maintaining our current systems and our systems are getting older the band-aids are getting older harder to hold the system together each year I believe will get more and more expensive to modernize our own system we aren't able to keep the type of people that we want so I think the best cost benefit decision for taxpayers and for veterans is to move to an off-the-shelf system. So quick follow-up to that. You're, you're talking about an off-the-shelf system. You're not developing new software. You're not, you're going to, so security doing, will be there? What's that? So the security, if with the biggest problem with off-the-shelf is security. One of the reasons, again, why, why I chose to go this route is because of cybersecurity. The Department of Defense has already invested in such high cybersecurity standards those are the standards that we need to be able to assure privacy and security for our veterans, and that's part of the reason why we're doing this. Just to be clear, we are, we are adopting an off-the-shelf system, but as I mentioned before, we are also embarking upon something that nobody's done before because of this problem of these commercial systems don't talk together, and we need them to talk together because many of our patients are out in the community, and our academic partners, many of them, use other systems besides Cerner. So we're creating something that is taking the best of what's off the shelf, but also creating something that doesn't exist today. Yes? The only thing that Congress needs to get involved with is the appropriations, yes or no? Yes. Uh, you don't know what you're going to be asking for, so it's not built in the FY18 budget, you're right? Correct. But it will be higher than $4 billion, right? Uh, I would love to do it for less, but I think that would be unrealistic. Okay, but you don't know, you don't have a ballpark, right? Yes. But is that going to hamper the appropriations if you want a three to six month time frame to be able to initiate what you're doing? We've already begun to engage starting today with, with the appropriations leadership in both the Senate and the House. And I will tell you that this is something that Congress has been asking for. I believe that they will support this. Of course, this has to be a dialogue between us. They have to make sure that we're making the decision at the benefit of the taxpayers as well as veterans and active service members. But I do believe we will have the leadership and the partnership to get us there. Clarify oh, one last thing. If, if this is an off-the-shelf system, this is not a low-bid process. That's why you're going with speed, right? You are not putting this out to bid. You have selected we, the vendor. We, we have not agreed upon any pricing, but I can assure you that before we were to sign off on a contract, we are going to make sure that this is the best value for taxpayers. Yes. Yep. You've got a couple questions around this. What kind of fights do you anticipate in Congress when this, uh, by, by selecting this vendor and not having a competitive bid, there will be some pushback, right? Well, um, this wouldn't be Washington if there wasn't pushback, but I don't expect, I do not expect any major fights on this. I think that the one thing that I feel extremely proud about, about the way that Congress has acted when it comes to veterans' issues, is the bipartisan support when it's the right thing to do for this country's veterans. And I do expect that, that to uh, essentially carry through on this. That does not mean 
that it is not appropriate to ask hard questions, to make sure that the due diligence is there, to make sure, as we said, this is a risky process, that we've thought about everything, and that we've considered people who have different options. But in the end, I do believe this is something that we will see strong bipartisan support for. Another version of one of my colleagues' questions, EHR has been promised before. Why is it going to happen? It was promised during the previous administration. Why is it going to happen now? You say bipartisan support. We haven't seen a lot of evidence of that in Washington, so what makes you hopeful for this time? Well, I've not seen the Department of Veteran Affairs come out with this type of decision before, so I think that this is new. We now know what is in the best interest of veterans, and we're moving ahead with, uh, with an accelerated process so that we can get this done. And I do believe that this is exactly what Congress has asked us to do. I can count four times when they've asked DOD and VA to get in the same room, and I can count four times when VA and DOD left doing separate things. So this one's going to be different. The Department of Defense and the Department of Veteran Affairs are together in lockstep on this, and the President is behind this, and we need Congress to support it, and I believe that support will be there. Yes, all the way in the back. Uh, thank you. You mentioned how suicide prevention is one of your top priorities. Prevent suicide prevention, yes. yes. In that context, uh, are you willing maybe to sit down with DOD and encourage uh, the active duty officers to go on record about their mental uh, problems and uh, issues while they are still on active duty so you avoid in a way that it shows up only after they leave the we are, we are doing exactly that. We are in discussions with the Department of Defense. Secretary Mattis and I have talked about this. We know that what we're doing is not enough, and we have to look at exactly the issues that start in the Department of Defense and make sure that we're addressing them. The transition time is, and, and that gap between when you leave active service to when you enter as a civilian and you get health care. We have to, that's an area that we have to pay particular concern about. That's why this EHR is going to be helpful. But we have to look all the way back into the process, just as you're suggesting. So we are doing that. Yes. Yes, sir. Oh, yes. Thanks, Mr. Chair. Um, yeah, you mentioned uh, seven Blue Ribbon commissions have recommended yes. something along those lines. What's been the opposition past? What's the main reason it hasn't happened? Or well, I. I think one of the things that we're doing differently in this administration is, is that we're essentially uh, eliminating some of the silos and turf battles. And frankly, I think that if you put the veteran and the service member first, you would come to the conclusion that we've come to today. But nobody likes to give up power and control over their system. In the Department of Veteran Affairs, we are very, very proud of our history of being the first major system to develop electronic medical record. This was done over 30 years ago by brave clinicians who went on their own and developed this. So giving this up, I do not want to underestimate how difficult that will be for people in the Department of Veteran Affairs. Change is not easy, but when you've had that for 30 years, it's going to be really hard. So this is, this is a major decision for the Department of Veteran Affairs. And as I've said previously, I wish the Department of Defense had joined us years and years ago so that we could be working together. But that isn't the situation I faced as Secretary. They've moved forward. It's time that we move forward and come together. Take one more question. Uh, Secretary, I'll 
Yeah. 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 Gas, which was the Office of American Innovation that is here in the White House. You mentioned they are one of the stakeholders you consulted with. Can you speak about that role, specifically Jared Kushner, who helps lead that office, and what kind of interactions you've had with him in developing this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I when I became secretary and and uh, the office was stood up. Uh, they indicated a strong interest in helping the Department of Veteran Affairs, which I welcomed. And when we sat down and they said, talk about the pain points. What do you really need to do to make a, a quantum leap in where you are? I identified the electronic record. And what we talked about is best practices about how industries make quantum changes, uh, how you go out and solicit information from uh, um, leader, leaders in the field to make sure that you get the right stakeholders and opinions. And so they were advisory in this process. Uh, this decision, though, was fully my decision to make, uh, and there was no influence ever put on this. But they were very helpful in helping us keep and move the process along and in facilitating discussions with the Department of Defense as well. Thank you very much, everyone. Appreciate it. I served in Vietnam. I was waiting for him back home. When I left the military, I never even went to VA. But now he's 63 and he's got a few health issues. Maybe it's time to see what VA can do for us. I'm ready to give it a go. See what VA can do for you. To learn what benefits you may be eligible for, visit www.va.gov. That's www.va.gov. As it has been mentioned, it will take a little while for the complete transition. So stay tuned here and to our blog for more announcements as the new electronic health record system is implemented. And surely the secretary in the White House will make announcements as necessary there as well. Today's veteran of the day is Marine Corps veteran Matthew Norris. He served as an infantry squad leader from 2009 to 2013, during that time, he served a deployment to Afghanistan. Matthew is now a student at the University of Southern Maine, and we thank Matthew for his service. To read his full write-up and to nominate your own Veteran of the Day, visit blogs.va.gov. That does it for Episode 34. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and please be sure to follow the podcast for upcoming episodes as we look to feature Medal of Honor recipients, athletes, fellow podcasters, and other inspiring veterans within our community. If you have any questions you'd like to have addressed here on the show, please tweet them to us using hashtag VA podcast or email us newmedia at va.gov. Follow us on Instagram at DEPT Vet Affairs for more images from around our memorials in D.C. and other parts of the veteran community. I'm Timothy Lawson, signing off. Mm -hmm.